Hello there, this is Jason Dees, and this is the Think Through It podcast. Think Through It exists to help people think through the big questions of life and culture. On the Think Through It podcast, we'll be talking with friends, cultural influencers, and forward thinkers about the things that all of us need to be thinking about. Today, I am following up on a conversation we had about two months ago with Dan Headley called How Do I Find Purpose in Pain? At that time, Dan was just a month out from being in a horrible motorcycle accident that left him paralyzed from the chest down. Since then, Dan has been in Atlanta at the Shepherd Center, learning his new normal, learning how to live life without the use of his legs. And he's made amazing progress. As Dan has been rehabbing his body over the past few months, the Lord has continued to show himself through Dan and his joy, his compassion for others, and his poise in the face of this great challenge. So I'm again humbled and grateful that Dan would join us as we think through it. Well, Dan, uh, it was really cool watching you even just now kind of transfer yourself from a car into a wheelchair, you know, by yourself. Uh, I know yesterday you learned how to uh, get on an airplane uh, in a, a wheelchair, which I know is just a, some of the kind of skills that you've been learning lately are, are pretty massive. But uh, catch us up for those people that didn't listen, uh, you know, a f- two months ago, I guess, when we aired the first episode, catch us up as to why you came to Atlanta. How did you end up in Shepherd Center? Um, and uh, what, what, what happened in your life, obviously, to bring you to this point? Yeah. Well, aside from just wanting to spend time with you. Well, I think that, that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> so uh, September 14th, <laughs> I was in a motorcycle accident, and that left me paralyzed from my chest down. And amongst a few other injuries and kind of be in touch and go there for a while, on uh, staying alive I you know God decided to carry me through on that and I'm sitting here talking to you because of his decision to save my life that day one of the most I mean so that was you know October that we talked it was mid-October and and you know then we we did that trip We, we Paige and I went to Germany and I didn't see you for a couple of weeks there and then we got back and we had come we came over to your house to visit you one day and I just remember seeing you just a few weeks after that, you know, maybe a month after that. And it just was amazing how far you've come. I'm just blown away by, uh, you know, seeing you in those initial days. Obviously, your ribs were still broken. You, you had barely had use of your right arm at that time. Um, Till now, uh, you know, again, like I just said, I just watched you get out of a car and get yourself into your wheelchair. You just practicing on a plane. Like you, you have come so far from being stuck in a hospital room at the Shepherd Center, being stuck, you know, in a hospital room, holding on for dear life at Vanderbilt. Tell me, catch us up. What, what's happened over the past, you know, really two months, I guess, since, uh, since these listeners first, uh, first heard your story. Yeah. Well, I'm with you like two months is kind of a short amount of time and to look back on how far I've come it's pretty remarkable it's unbelievable but I can't take credit for two reasons you know God's carried me through on it and this place I'm at Shepherd Center in Atlanta I mean these people have devoted their lives to rehabilitating people just like me and I'm you know working alongside people other patients that are going through the exact same thing as me 
every day, which kind of helps too. Yeah. So I guess that's three. But. How has that been? I mean, yeah, I was talking to your dad the other day. Uh, he and I got lunch, and he was just saying you've really kind of developed some friendships up there yeah. among kind of your fellow patients. I mean, talk to me about that and just kind of the rehab process. I mean, those of us that live in Atlanta, everybody that lives in Atlanta that I know knows and loves and respects Shepherd Center, but I think a lot of people don't know exactly what's going on inside of there. So just right. help us understand a little bit of the day-to-day and, and what even some of those relationships have looked like. I go into the workout gym every morning at 9 a.m., and I'm usually met there by my friend Nick, my friend David, and my friend John, it's just to name buddies. a couple. You know, one David's 61. Just turned 61. He was on a bicycle accident. Um, my friend Nick dove into a pool and was on a respirator for two weeks in a medically induced coma. And then my friend John was diving off of a pier to go hang out with a bachelorette party. You know, and everybody's there for some wild yeah. reason. And everybody's injuries, you know, you and I may technically have the same injury, but way it manifests in our bodies is different yeah. so some people get have functionality of their hands some people don't and you know being alongside people like that just keeps you going each day but also makes you appreciate the you know physical capabilities I still have yeah like being able to brush my teeth every day you don't appreciate that until you see somebody who's working on brushing their teeth sure yeah well and and I'll just be, you know, honest, even just like, can you first hear about this? I mean, I remember when I first got the call, like, I mean, it may have been the very night that the accident happened. I think it was. Mm -hmm. It was late that night, and Ben Bowden called me. Oh, really? you know, I guess Lindsay had heard through Whitney and, you know, Uh and just was praying for you. And, I mean, you just think like, oh, gosh, like, what does this mean? But, like, I mean, obviously, look, there's, there's obviously, as we talked about the first time in that first conversation, you know, this is going to be, you know, the next 50 years of your next 5 million that we talked about our right. hope in, the, in the kingdom are going to be challenging years in many ways. I mean, being obviously paraplegic has its challenges. Um, but you, you, it's amazing to me just how like much functionality you're, you're going to have. I mean, right. you're going to be able to go I'll to have a normal life. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, like you said, you're used to your arms. You can get around in that wheelchair. I mean, it's really amazing. Um, I think the, the kind of, you know, revitalization, restoration, or rehabilitation, I guess, that, that is possible. What is something interesting, you know, that you've kind of experienced the past couple of months? I mean, to me, just like, even like, you know, talking about getting on an airplane, that's kind of interesting to me. Like, uh-huh. uh, you know, you, I remember, you know, every time you fly, they always say, like, those who need assistance boarding. But you've uh, never seen them get on. Because they always board first and get off last. That's right. Yeah. 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 You never see it happening. And so I didn't even realize there was like a special chair. So maybe that's an interesting thing. Tell us a little bit more about that. But what else is kind of interesting that maybe you've learned in these past couple months that you didn't know about before? Um, I'm trying to think just things you don't think about. But I think the the realization that's been most shocking to me is I can't say enough enough good things about being paralyzed. Like, <laughs> like, like now that I've gotten my health back, like everything seems richer. Uh, people are more open to just talking to you because, I don't know, it's, it's less intimidating somebody being in a chair for some reason. And, um, yeah, that, I think that's the most interesting thing. Well, I think that's something that you only say if you're just resting in Christ and your identity is in Christ. And, uh, man, I commend that, brother. 
you know, it's it is really cool. I just thinking through. I think uh, that last episode that we did, um, you know, of all the think through it's we've done, it has the most listens. Uh, and uh-huh. we, you and I were just talking. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of people that are stumbling upon this conversation yeah. uh, in all over the world in like random places. And uh, and I think that's just such a tribute to you as a man who is resting in the Lord uh, and who has found his identity in Christ. And so, you know, the fact that your identity has totally shifted, really, I guess your identity, like you just said, you know, maybe the distraction of a false identity is now gone in a way and you, you can really find the true identity that God always really wanted you to have. I think that's really well put. Yeah. And that's the way I feel. What uh, other than other than that, what are some other like kind of faith journey things? Like what are some ways that your faith has grown, that the Lord has been teaching you? I mean, maybe beyond identity. I mean, obviously there's a deeper sense of dependence. I'm sure your prayer life has grown in this. I mean, can you talk us through some of those things? I think... Um God manifests himself in my life most frequently these days um, when I'm in the gym at therapy and see somebody working on something that I haven't had to do because I can use my hands, say. And, you know, you look across the way and you see your friend, um, you know, learning to shave again. Yeah. Or just bringing a spoon up to their mouth. And I think, you know, God bless that guy. God, just sit there right with him because I, I don't have to deal with that. And I feel so blessed that, I don't know if blessed is the right word, but fortunate um, that I haven't had to deal with that. I mean, I've had my own struggles of my own, but I've reached a point where I don't have to deal with that anymore. Well, I mean, obviously there's a deeper empathy, it right. seems like, a, a deeper concern with others. And we talked about that a little bit in the first episode, just kind of getting your sights off yourself. And yeah. onto what God's doing in the world. That kind of seems like to be what you're saying. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, you know, when we first talked, Dan, I mean, like, it was like a month maybe after the accident. Yeah, you're almost st- a month. You're still maybe in the, like, shock of, I mean, you, you, you were having trouble breathing because all your ribs were still broken. All that's, like, healed up now, right? I mean. And I had a collapsed lung. Yeah, you had a collapsed lung. So ribs, I know your arm, is it, how, how much motion, I mean, are you pretty much full 100% there, or? Yeah, so I have a scar going down my arm, since this isn't a video podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, my forearm up to. It's kind to, of a rad-looking scar, to be honest. I'm kind of proud of it, yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's like, what happened to him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, so my arm just kind of laid motionless for two weeks. I lost, you know, atrophied most of my muscle, yeah. and that's, I still feel like, I'm still lifting, like, four pound weights in the gym, like just really struggling, you know, <laughs> rep 20. And, uh, but you know, that all comes back with time. And, uh, but I guess as far as shock of, uh, the accident, that's like not long gone, but it feels like a while ago. Cause you're dealing with like, you're kind of in reality now, like your new reality, I guess. So, I mean, how has that been? Has that been difficult at all? I mean, there was a sense, you know, a month ago or two months ago, rather, of, I'm just happy to be alive right now. And I'm not saying you're still, yeah. there's not that still going on, but it, has that, has there been a shift in kind of where your thoughts have gone? I'd say the best way to relay how I feel right now is the other day I had a dream and I was on a, like a spaceship uh, skateboard. I wasn't walking. 
And so my brain or my subconscious is not thinking of myself as a walking being, maybe not anymore, but your subconscious it's is there. realizing your new yeah. identity, yeah, which is kind of wild. And that's the way I feel um, in my everyday is more like accepted. Yeah, this is I'm in a chair now, but I'm still Dan. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Any other? I mean, is there been anything in that where you've where it's been difficult? And I mean, just again, like kind of facing the new reality that you've had to kind of re-remind yourself or has it been, you know, the last, I guess I'm looking at the last two months, just even like spiritually, emotionally, you know, how would you, how would you talk about that? It's just a period of your life. Um, just as far as changes go or a new perception, I guess just realizing the new reality. I mean, is uh, it, there seems to be just a lot of joy and maybe that's the Lord's just given you that. Yeah. Dude, the best way I can say it, and it's not even my line, but it's my friend Will's. I can't say enough good things about being paralyzed. Yeah, like, yeah. My life seems so much richer now. I have to be much more uh, calculated and diligent about everything in my life. You know, thinking before before I go somewhere, what's that going to be like, and how am I going to handle that? Yeah. And but whereas before, you know, I'd just jump in the car with my buddies and take everything as it comes, and that's been different. How are you going to remember Atlanta? I mean, you've been you leave in five days, right? Right. Um. Dude, it's going to take a special place in my heart. I wasn't a big fan of just Atlanta, the city at first, but in a way it's it's become like a, a cornerstone in my memory. And this is where I associate memories of hanging out with you. You know, you coming over to the house and spending time with me or, you know, the relationships I've had the opportunity to make in therapy and they're deep relationships. You know, my friend left today and we were, we're both in tears together. Mm. And I said, I love you, dude. Mm. I'm going to keep up with you. And he lives in Huntsville. So we're going to stay in touch. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to remember Atlanta fondly with the memories I've been able to make here. Will you come back to Shepherd? I mean, is there like every six months or something? How does that, how does that work in terms of just the follow-up, I guess? Or Sure, there's definitely an an opportunity to continue rehab or continue develop developing skills. Um, I've reached a point where I've, I'm a little bit rehabbed out, and mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. some of the stuff I'm going to learn is just school of the hard knocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's an option to come back, and I don't know how I'll feel in six months, but at this point I'm, I don't have plans to come back. You kind of uh, got what you need. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So what is next? I mean, I know you're, you're going back to Louisville for a while Mm -hmm. and I mean returning to work I mean talk to us about what does that continued Dan becoming the new Dan process look like yeah Um, you know another thing I'm thankful for is the job that I have and I have the coolest boss in the world he he uh he grew a a recovery mustache for me (laughs) and uh, he's had a mustache the whole the whole time I've been gone. That's awesome. I'm sure his wife's crazy about it. Yeah, but I mean, uh, every woman loves a good stash. Exactly. So and uh, so he's he's uh, said he'll come up to my parents' farm in Louisville, kind of set me up with a mobile office, and I'll be working part time from there. T- tell her where do you tell her for the folks listening? Where do you work? What do you do? What what will you be doing? Sure. Um, I work for a company called Thomas and Company, and what we do mainly is manage unemployment claims for the Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. And our biggest competitor, ironically, is Equifax, which I pass 
every single day on yeah. the way to yeah. uh, Shepherd Center. Yeah. And um, you ever like throw an egg out the window? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think just roll down my window and curse at him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll be working from everything I do is over the phone or email, and I'll be doing that from just a room at my parents' house. I love how, you know, just hearing that, how gracious they've been with you and how just much your company has rallied around you, which obviously speaks to how well you are loved, uh, you know, by your company. Um, I remember the last episode, one of the cool things you said is just like looking forward to getting down the gravel uh, gravel driveway uh, in Louisville um, or in Simpsonville, to be more precise. Um, That's, we're, we're close to that. It's crazy, and I didn't know this, but one of my first couple of days of consciousness, I said, are we, when are we going to go to the farm? Can we go to the farm today? And, you know, because I hadn't, I didn't even realize I was paralyzed at the time. Mm-hmm. I just thought I was kind of sick or injured and kind of getting my injuries back in order. Um, and so that's going to come to fruition. I just found it interesting that my subconscious said, let's go to the farm. That's yeah. That's my spot. Um, yeah, you, it just was a place of healing and life and health. and Yeah. And to be able to spend Christmas there, and uh, I'm just grateful for you, man. That's, that's, that's going to be awesome. So how, how are you going to use this story um, in the future? What, what do you think that looks like? How, you know, obviously we, we sent out the podcast. I know you've been having a bunch of conversations. How has this story been used how do you see it being used uh, by the Lord as, as time goes by um, I think that I'll use it it's just kind of a, a foot in the door or you know a key to speaking to somebody um, I think that being in a chair it's you obviously something happened to that guy mm-hmm. um, and like I was talking about it just kind of brings guards down and it's an opportunity to share who I am, which, you know, is a, a believer in Christ that's, you know, saved for eternity and also got saved here on earth one time. And I, th- I think it's just, you know, they can receive the story however they want. But if, you know, if it lands on something that matters to you and enriches your life or even causes you to take a second look at where you're spending eternity that's perfect. You know, somebody uh, said to me one time that, that in, in our suffering, we're most unified. Um, you know, not everybody's obviously been through something like you've just been through, but everybody's got some pain, right? Uh-huh. And I think to your point, like, everybody can look at you and realize this guy gets it, you know? Yeah. This guy knows pain, you know? He may not have, you know, he may not have the particular pain that I have, but he knows what it's like to hurt. He knows what it's like to be disappointed. He knows what it's like to deal with that. And and that for you is going to, I believe, open so many doors with people that are totally different than you. Again, everybody's unified in their suffering. I mean, you know, when you're in pain, it doesn't matter if you're old or young, you know, black or white, Republican or Democrat or whatever you are. There's a there's a shared experience. I mean, this kind of gets to your friendships at Shepherd. I mean, you just described those friendships, people from all over different ages but there's a unity in pain, and I think that's something you'll have um, that, again, is worn on your sleeve or worn in your wheelchair for the rest of your life that people will be able to identify with you. Uh, and I know that the Lord's going to use that in a, in a big, big way. 
Well, I buddy, think so. you got anything else for us? Um, I just love the relationships and the people I've been able to come in contact with because of my injury. Just another positive thing about being paralyzed. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody who's listened to us or anybody I've met come across, I feel like God just kind of placed them in my life. And it's made this process easier and um, more purposeful. And, you know, we'll, I'm going to get after life when I get back to Nashville and we'll see what it's like. We titled the first podcast, How Do I Find Purpose in Pain? And Dan, you have, I think, helped all of us in this. And so praise God for that. And I want to thank you and just say again, uh, so grateful for our friendship so grateful for what god is doing in your life Uh, so grateful for all that you have taught me and i thank all of you for listening to us i know you've gotten a lot out of this Uh, so thank you for joining dan headley and jason dees as together we think